Welcome, Bills Mafia, to Bills or Bust, the podcast dedicated to all things Buffalo Bills. I'm Tom Murphy. Join in as we talk about the Buffalo Bills, of course, and also the other 31 teams in the league that will watch us win the Super Bowl or bust. Hey, 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 hey. Man, we are uh, still alive after that scary one yesterday. Bills do it in uh, their typical fashion, but hey, a win is a win. And today I am very honored to be joined by my buddy, the host of Run That Back podcast, the owner of the London Lightning in one of our fantasy leagues, one of the uh, oldest fantasy leagues in the country that we know of, going about like uh, 30 some odd years. Please... uh, Help me introduce a Tiki Bar fan of 2022, Scott Bunn. Hey, Tom. Thanks for having me. This is really exciting. Oh, man. It's such an honor. I'm so glad to have you. First off, you do have to tell me and the audience about the Tiki Bar fan of 2022. Yeah. So my family and I watch most Bills games, pretty much all of them, with a group of Bills fans. I live outside of Asheville, North Carolina. Our folks, uh, our friends own, have a house where they have a tiki bar out back on their deck. Um, And it's in an undisclosed location in Western North Carolina because we don't want more people to show up because we, it's not big enough to handle more, but um, (laughs) we get together and we watch Bill's games and they're all Bill's fans. And then each season there's a, different fan of the year so this year i was appointed fan of the year and so there are certain rituals involved with with being fan of the year and so you know one of those is at the beginning uh there's a whole like setup and there's a shrine and there are like candles like the saint josh candles <laughs> i think you've seen those. oh nice so the fan of the year has to light those and make sure that they're light lit throughout the game and big then, responsibility. Yeah, it is. And then <laughs> there's a little Bill's shot glass, and whatever I'm drinking, I've got to pour it into the shot glass at the beginning of the game as an offering to the football gods. And so then, you know, win or lose, then I, I do the shot of that drink at the end of the game. So, Ooh. and then there are other rituals throughout, and our friend's daughter called it a cult and we're like we're it's not a cult and so then uh, her her mom her mom went out and got some chicken bones at the beginning of the year and was throwing (laughs) them to cast a fortune so she was like yeah but it's not a cult we're just using chicken bones to see the future you know hey you know uh these rituals uh we're 14 and three now on the season. Uh, you know, those rituals are me. So, you know, maybe you have to recruit me down there. Yeah. You know, yeah. They're with the brain. Uh, you don't, I don't need to be brainwashed too bad. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and uh, so you're talking about, you know, you're in Asheville, North Carolina. It's funny. I'm, uh, you know, have ties to Buffalo my entire life. I live in Queens. Uh, Obviously, yeah. you know, New York has a huge uh, Bills fan base. Tell me about like Western Carolina. You're able to find some Bills fans. It's just amazing how we're everywhere. Yeah, I mean, as you know, the Buffalo diaspora is strong and extensive, but especially in North Carolina, that I don't know. I, you know, I grew up in Buffalo. Uh, I lived 18 years in uh, Williamsville, New York. My dad taught at SUNY Buffalo, 
So, and my parents are still there. My sister and her family are still there. And then we go back. My family goes back, you know, once or twice a year. We're always there at Thanksgiving. So, yeah, we're still very much connected to Buffalo. But there are a lot of people from Buffalo in Western North Carolina. You know, I went to the Bills-Panthers game five years ago, I think that was, like week one or two, week two with Tyrod. Um, McDermott's first year as coach, or no, I think Buddy Ryan was still coaching. Anyways, and there were a ton of Bills fans at that game. So <laughs> I think North Carolina, the pull for Buffalonians is pretty strong there. And then, mm-hmm. you know, and then it's just uh, the folks that we watch with, you know, their Bills fans, and then their neighbors happen to be Bills fans. And then at some point, <laughs> Our son, this was a number of years ago, was at, you know, preschool Montessori, and he was wearing a Bills shirt. And, you know, the dad came over and was like, "Uh, are you guys Bills fans? Because we need to talk. And then we've run into people (laughs) just throughout. Like, you know, we live outside of town in a little town in the mountains outside of Asheville. And, you know, there are people with Bills stuff, and they'll honk at us, and they'll, you know, wave to us, and yell, go Bills. So it's... It's pretty fun and pretty strong here. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it is just great. You know, my mom had a neighbor in Alexandria, Virginia, when she lived there, who's Bills fans. They're just, we're just everywhere. We're taking over, yep. becoming America's team. Yep. And, uh, totally. Also, real quick, uh, tell me about the, uh, tell me about the uh, show, Run That Back. Yeah, so Run That Back, it's uh, both a radio show that we do live on the air um, for Asheville FM, which is the free uh, community radio station. You know, mostly does music, but there's plenty of talk. And so we've been doing, you know, sports talk radio. We call it non-shouting sports radio. Um, I like that. Yeah, the other, our big catchphrase is we're indie sports radio. I noticed that that on the uh, link. Yeah, indie sports sports radio. So we've been doing it since 2013 as a radio show, and then a few years ago we turned it into a podcast where you know, like we take that live show and I edit it down, and so it's available wherever you get podcasts, or you know, you can listen to it live Wednesday nights, 7 p.m. on AshevilleFM.org, or you know, there's there's a couple of episodes that are archived on our page on the Asheville FM website, or again, you can search whatever your podcast platform is. It's there every Thursday morning. So yeah, yeah, it's myself and my friend, Tom Chalmers, who's my co-host. And yeah, we talk about all kinds of sports, talk about the bills plenty, but we have, you know, guests at different times. Have you been on the show, Tom? I can't remember. No, no, hey, but I am available, you know. We got we got to get you on. Yeah, our buddy Jason Thurston, who I know has been uh, on yeah. your show. Uh, Mike That's Vago's good. been on. Paul Sinta's been on. All of those folks. And then, you know, That's other good. people, non-Bills fans that we we know, Matt Clark and, oh, and of Mike Futia, you know. Oh, so, great guys. Um, but then, you know, we have lots of different people talking about community issues in the Asheville area related to sports, but we like to talk to people who have, yeah, some kind of sports story, whether as a fan, as a coach, as a player, whatever it is. So, yeah, we're covering oh, all kinds of topics. Oh, yeah. I'll have a story to share uh, whenever uh, 
give me the word, you know. Let's do I'm, it. Uh, All right. Pretty flexible. Yeah. Got to get into, uh, you know, these uh, good old Billy uh, Billy goats, as a friend of mine calls them. So uh, trying to make that catch on. I like it. I don't think nobody, anybody else does. But uh, do our Buffalo Bills uh, minute recap here. Despite winning the yardage battle by nearly 200 yards and 100-yard receiving performances by Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis, costly turnovers and call reversals of misfortune on possible catches keep a banged-up Miami Dolphins squad hanging around in the wild-card round game Sunday at Highmark Stadium. And in true 2022 Buffalo Bills fashion, the Bills keep the mafia on pins and needles till the last minute, securing the 34-31 win and moving on to the divisional round to face Cincinnati next week in what will prove to be an emotional game. I like it. Okay, good. (laughs) Okay. And so, uh, Scott, as you know, we do uh, trivia every week. So I'm going to give you, you know, you've been on some of these trivia threads. I think this is going to be an easy one for you. I think this is the easiest one. So yesterday was our fifth time playing Miami in the Super Bowl era in the playoffs, tying one other team. And who is that team? Okay, so we played the Dolphins five times. Yep, yesterday was the fifth time. Bill's lifetime. And we face... In the Super Bowl era. Okay. And I think it would actually, it would also go over into the uh, pre-era too. Nobody, nobody else is at five. Is it the Chiefs? Bingo. They, nice. uh, they are now number five. Because nice. uh, we kind of forget we played them in the first AFL championship that That's led right. to Super Bowl one that we lost. <laughs> the we first of love yeah. big losses. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Beat them uh, twice uh, in the Super Bowl years of the early 90s. Uh, and of, that's of right. course with Joe Montana. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think both of those years. Yeah. Okay. Or actually, I think it may have been the second year with Steve DeBerg. If that name rings a bell. Yeah. I think it was DeBerg and then Montana, I think was one of those years. That I was the AFC championship. I may, yeah. maybe Montana was on that roster in, uh, like 91. It was the 91 and 93 season. I remember that's uh, oh, the good old days, but hey, we're back in the new, uh, good new days. I agree. And, uh, I think these, this is the new golden age. Oh, yeah. I've always said, you know, looking at replays of past games, I think this Bills team just wipe that uh, team out of the water. I mean, I think the NFL now is just a group of Bruce Smiths. You know, <laughs> yes. Bruce Smith was just kind of like an enigma back then. I mean, and he would still be great now. But, you know, you go back then and there was uh, like the physiques of like these defensive ends and past like, you know, defensive ends were much different before, you know, Bruce came along. I, you know, this might be controversial. I wish we could switch defenses. I think that defense was really talented. Leonard Smith, Nate Odoms, you mm-hmm. know, uh, Darryl my favorite, Daryl Tally. 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 Yeah. Right. always he, my favorite. Yeah, and especially also the Bryce Pop years when we had that great pass oh, yeah. with Bruce mm-hmm. and Phil Hansen. You know, that that defense was really Washington. good. And I don't know if our current defense is quite at that level, but especially if we could get that like Wade Phillips group in that was really oh, attacking yeah. and that was a great defense. quarterback. That would be great. Oh yeah. It's uh yeah, it's a different defense. I kind of love this defense. They're kind of like a summation of their parts. But you know, aside from Vaughn, there's I mean, there are great players, but there's no like no like superstar mm-hmm. where you know those teams kind of seem to have like players, you know, just in a complete elite category. 
Also, before we get to the uh, game, just uh, quick news. Obviously, no more important news this year for the Bills than the health of DeMar Hamlin. And absolutely fantastic. Past week, he's back home, visited the facility earlier in the week. That just had to be a huge boost for the guys. And it is, uh, you know, you probably agree with me, two weeks ago, it was just absolutely devastating. I almost, you know, for about 24 hours, I didn't know if I wanted to watch football for a while. Yeah. But uh, I do have to say, you know, as the news has gotten better, And when I watched last week, I was like, how am I going to feel? And I got into it, you know, but I was a little more like, oh, it's okay if they don't win. And, uh, you know, it's the game yesterday. And it is just a game, of course. But yesterday, you know, I was definitely all in where I'm just like screaming at the TV, saying things I can't take back to the players when they (laughs) mess up, you know, that true fandom. And it is just so much of it is attributed to probably agree just how greatly he's been progressing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I could have, I I thought he was going to be there live for the game, but I guess, you know, visiting the facility the day before, and I saw that there was videotape that they ran on the scoreboard before the game. Oh, yeah. So maybe we'll see him see him live before the Cincinnati game. I mean, that's also... The place would just erupt. Yeah, and that, that would also just be weird, but it would be great if he could go and especially connect with you know T. Higgins and Zach Taylor and those Oh, players. for sure. Yeah, that would be I sick. mean, yeah, considering his first thing when he woke up was, did we win? You know, yeah, I think I he's, it. uh, it's yeah. just like definitely a process guy, as yeah. McDermott would uh, call him. And obviously still wishing the best for him. And it's just uh, such a relief to hear this news. Yeah. And uh, also uh, this week, they, and if, Bell ate the Associated Press announced the uh, all pro team, which I usually like to follow a little more. The Pro Bowl is just, it's a bunch of BS. I just, yes. <laughs> uh, I, I never find it. Like, even with there's bills who make it, and I'm like, really? You know, yeah. I did that last year with Dawkins. Don't get me so, love the guy personally. I could get a little get a little frustrated. Does a better job than I would, but <laughs> still, as the fan, I call him out a bunch, but definitely. You know, we only had two first teamer, Matt Milano. It's just great to see him get his due as like finally like one of the best linebackers was been a like a little inconsistent late in the season, but obviously yesterday, monster game. Yeah. And uh yeah, it's just great to see him get that national recognition. Being a fifth round pick from 2017, we were all just like, Oh, who's this guy? Yeah, some special yeah. team to see. Yeah, exactly. And you know, like you'll hear Romo and others you know, before the all pro designation say, you know, he's, he's one of the most underrated linebackers in the league. And you're like, he's properly (laughs) rated by bills fans, you know, like we know how special this guy is, especially when he's been out and you realize how much of the defense hinges on his play. Oh yeah. Him and Edmonds. I was so glad, uh, you know, in the same breath Edmonds, you know, he got a lot of grief that I thought was undeserved. I know there's kind of that camp like pro, you know, I was I was like, you know, I leaned pro Edmonds. Mm-hmm. And this year, I mean, anytime he was out, it was uh, just those two are just such a force, you know, especially running with like a two linebacker set. It's just good. I'd love to see both of those guys get their due. Oof. And uh, we're going to, as Jason Thurston said, with the Roquan Smith deal, we're going to need to back the Brinks truck up to uh, yeah. to Edmonds, I think. And, uh, you know, I'll be fine. It's not my money. Yeah, and, right. uh, <laughs> and obviously, uh, Diggs deservedly voted to the second team and uh you know it's uh they only awarded two quarterbacks josh probably the interceptions kept him off you know it's always he's always number one all pro in our minds 
<laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, Diggs is is well deserved. Uh, you know, I don't think they have a slot for like nickel cornerback, but I think Taron Johnson could have gotten that if there was like that specific designation. I don't know if they do fullback anymore. Either, I think but. they, you know what? I think they sometimes throw like a uh, like they threw like slot receiver in there for uh, yeah. Cole Beasley, and uh, yeah, no, Taron Johnson is often considered one of the best, uh, you know, slot corners. And yeah, usually that's, uh, you know, it, it, usually I think that's a team's like third best, uh, often third best uh, right. like cornerback. But uh, no, he's definitely kind of like taken that position over since he's like in his fifth year. He's really held on to that well. What a, what a great season he's had. I, just and through yesterday, I mean, he was just remarkable. Oh, oh he was all over the place. And I notice, uh, you know, when he usually gets interceptions, I always talk about this. They seem to be the most clutch interceptions <laughs> of all time, you know, like yeah. against Kansas City, the two pick sixes in uh, 2020. Yeah, I'm losing my years right. uh, already. So, uh, you know, it doesn't matter, like, how many all pros you have. This team is just a cohesive unit, but always fun t- to see uh, our guys get some uh, credit there. And, uh, man, we got to talk about this uh, game a little bit. Uh, it was crazy. Runtime of this game was like four hours long. It was, and a lot of it was because there were so many reviews. That was like one thing that just stuck out. Like even aside from like win loss and how we played, it was just it seemed like everything was getting reviewed, and it was often like it seemed like once it went in our favor, and often it was not. <laughs> yes, and also you know we we didn't get a review on the Stefan Diggs, um, you know, touchdown play that was really close but again if that had been like called a touchdown in the end zone i don't think they would have overturned it by review but exactly yeah who knows with that crew they were they were uh, (laughs) very inspecting every square inch of of the field did it brush (laughs) did any of the grass make grass blades brush breaking out the mon breaking out the monocle in the little booth yeah, and it was, but yeah, there, it it just took forever. I think at one point we were like, "It's already four o'clock," and I think it's still the third quarter. This is insane. I know. I had dinner plans at five, thinking like, I mean, just in Midtown, and I was thinking like, "Oh, it's like I'll just leave right when the game is over." It's like, but I still might have like too much time. <laughs> yeah. What am I going to do in between that time? And I was half an hour late. Yes, you know, because <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry, I was not missing that game. I don't. No, I just, I, I don't care if people are a little uh, annoyed with me. It's just, uh, sorry. There's no way I'm just going to be like, oh, yeah, you know, up three points. Okay, let me just go, <laughs> you, <laughs> you know. And uh, I do have to ask, yesterday, you know, we won by three. Uh, we had no problems moving the ball for the most part. You know, we had, like I said, 200 more yards than uh, the Dolphins. You know, it wasn't like Skylar Thompson had great coming out party. So we know the offense is good. The defense is one of the best. Both of these units are one of the best. Do you think we can cut the mistakes out? It seems like week after week, the biggest opponent the Bills face are the Bills. Yeah. Um, so here's my my quippy answer is that it felt like, you know, there was that stretch where the national media kept talking of harping on the Bills record in one score games and they were like they were, they were 0 and 8 and it was just getting really annoying and we're like yeah but we're we make games one score games that normally wouldn't be one score games because of our talent but anyways 
But now it feels as though the Bills only want to win one score games. They're like, that's the <laughs> yeah. only way we know how to win now. And so, I know. but anything, everything was just sloppy, as you said. And, you know, that went towards every, most areas of the field, special teams. We saw Heinz, uh, you know, flaw, muff a kick. Fortunately, we re- uh, recovered it. We, we saw, <laughs> yeah, you was- know, bad bad punt coverage against Cedric Wilson. Mm-hmm. Uh, the coaching, uh, McDermott kept calling defensive timeouts. Um, and and then, you know, we would just see that we, ha- we had just stopped them and he had called timeout. And you're like, quit calling defensive timeouts. Like, they're not helping. Like, <laughs> we want them to be flustered, you know. The Bills are going to be fine. But they seem flustered. Why are you calling timeout, giving them more time? So that was just weird. And then, I mean, always it comes down to Josh Allen. It comes down to the quarterback. And, you know, they always get more praise than they deserve um, for victories and and get most of the (laughs) criticisms when they lose. I think no matter what, Josh is getting both of them no matter oh, yeah. what the result is. Um, oh, yeah. And, you know, we sort of, uh, he's a chaos agent, right? And Oh, yeah. And so uh, we don't win without Josh Allen, and we usually lose because of him. So it's it's usually oh, yeah. deserved. So we live by his sword and die by his sword. And Oh, absolutely. You know, the first quarter, he was sensational. He was out of this it was, world. He was, it was playoff yeah. Josh. Playoff Josh, he was playing as well as any quarterback plays in the NFL. And then he had a sloppy quarter and a half um, Mm -hmm. because the second half of the third quarter and the first half of the fourth quarter, he was outstanding again. And then he was just off again Mm -hmm. at the end of the, uh, like the second quarter and then the end of the game just was just, yeah, so it was just like uh, it was a weird thing. So there's a couple of things with him. I don't think he's moving very well. I, he had that weird little encounter with the the beginning of the postponed Cincinnati game, where he kind of came up limping right before Demar. Oh Zinchuk. yeah, and mm-hmm. uh, he didn't move all that well against the Patriots. He, you know, like kind of moving all right in the pocket, but none of the yeah. huge gash run plays. Yeah. And we certainly didn't see that against Miami either. I think he had. Oh one. yeah, they they, they seem to really close in on him. Yeah, I, so I think some of it is game plan, but I think also he's missing a little bit of his burst, you know. And so I think he's good enough to play, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that element has been missing the last couple of weeks. And then also, I mean, everybody's talking about it, but it's it's because it's true. He just goes for the kill so much and mm-hmm. it just turned into blinders that that was the only way he wanted to attack the blitzing dolphins mm-hmm. defense that he was like i'm just gonna throw it deep because we can get a big ball and maybe score or set up a score and so mm-hmm. he was just going for the kill every time and you're like well, Diggs is open short you know somebody's <laughs> yeah. open short it's like you can see them and like those are oh, good yeah. seven yard gains you know oh, and you, like you, you do see it a lot yeah, and so 
you know, obviously when he connects on those, like the big one to Diggs early in the game, the oh, stuff yeah. with John Brown and Diggs uh, against the Patriots, it's sensational. And oh, then yeah. other times you're just like, dude, like take yeah. it. Like just, just. Oh, yeah. It. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's Josh Allen at his chaos agent best. I think we saw it yesterday. Oh, yeah. That's such a great uh, way to call him because it is. It's just like, oh, you know, oh, effing hell, Josh. Which <laughs> It's just like, uh, you know, but then he comes on the field and it's like, all right, Josh, do your thing. <laughs> you yeah. Just have to work your memory. Like, you know, you know, he's just, he's just capable of anything. And it could be yeah. most of the time it's good, but sometimes it can just be very bad. My other thing is I'm not as hard on the Bills defense as others and other people that mutual mm-hmm. acquaintances um <laughs> but i and i think they played a better second half of the year especially when guys started getting healthy again um oh, yeah. but you know like leslie frazier and sean mcdermott run a very conservative oh, yeah. game plan a conservative defensive game plan and especially you need to do that with jalen waddle and tyree kill i mean hill especially okay. is just terrifying you just mm-hmm. we know it only too well as bills fans having said that um <laughs> it, uh, there were times when i thought we were just a little soft uh the blitz was working really well for us and then it he went away from it for large stretches. Of yeah, it. And yeah. I was just like, mm-hmm. what are you, what are we doing? And, you know, I also think we really miss Von Miller. I mean, that's a no, oh, duh, for sure. yeah, no yeah. Duh observation because he was a superstar <laughs> earlier this year. He was playing so well mm-hmm. and we're not, we're back to where we were last year where it's really difficult for us to generate pressure on the quarterback without sending extra players. So um, that is So then that means we have to be careful with that. And that's why Frazier was probably like, I don't want to go to this well every time. But at the same time, like then Scholar Thompson was just sitting back there and had tons of time. He wasn't great. You know, I think he was 44%. Yeah. And I think the defense played pretty well and they had some gaps. They dropped some balls, lost balls in the sun. But it's just the defense isn't quite like at that 2020 level. I wish we could have, again, like if we could swap defense like I talked before, I wish we had that 2020 (laughs) defense and this offense because um, Mm -hmm. we're just just not quite there. And we saw some great individual efforts. I mentioned Taron Johnson. Elam was fantastic, I thought. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. wish he was starting. I thought he played great against both Hill and You can Wall. tell he's only going to get better, too. Yeah, I think so. I think he needs more playing time. But we also mm. saw so much missed tackling, which is always the worst of you know the Bills. And Milano had some. Edmonds, these guys who are usually pretty reliable. And, but, yeah. So, so, yeah, there was a... That, it shouldn't have been that close for many reasons. And exactly. Uh, those were a few of them, the Allen, the special teams weirdness, the McDermott weirdness, and then uh, softness on the defense. Oh, yeah. And it's also, you know, one thing uh, I noticed with the sacks, uh, I know it happened twice, you know, get the sack. It's like, oh, right, third and 19. And then they, I think, converted a third and 19 to like the one. And it's just like, you forget about that sack immediately. And the sack is just worthless. And there was Our, another second and 19 that was just yeah. like, you can't give that to a rookie quarterback. 
Yeah, our defense just continually does this. Give you know, gives up first downs on third and longs, and you're like, that's a situation that we want and we need. What are we doing? And it's because we don't have a pass rush on third down, and we get it on more comfortable like third. Yeah, we get it. I feel more comfortable on third and short. Exactly, and we get (laughs) the good pressure or the quarterback sack on like first or second down and then third down we go back to like soft zones and then it's like Mm -hmm. oh this guy has four yards of cushion and space and just makes it easy completion you know we saw that especially in like the vikings game you know earlier this year saw it in the patriots game too um this one oh for sure yeah and then this week too the zach wilson jets game was it was just we were just so soft and giving up these third and longs, mm-hmm. you know. And so I, yeah. it's just like, what is it? What what can the Bills do differently in terms of game planning in the playoffs that can allow us just to get off the dang field? Yeah, I know exactly, you know, and that kind of brings us to uh, you know, one of the next parts. We're not going to be able to play that kind of defense uh, against Cincinnati with that yeah. uh, receiving core. You could just imagine like giving Jamar Chase those like open lanes. We saw a little bit of it in the, you know, in the first game. Yeah, this is kind of where it comes in uh, to where uh, against Cincinnati, like the mistakes, because the Bengals are just going to score. They're, you know, they're going to score against a great defense, you know, like I'll, I'll call this a great defense. The numbers kind of show it sometimes, you know, sometimes the visuals don't, but like it's like, yeah, we're going to have to really make sure we're not making those mistakes we do on offense. And the little things I wanted to mention, another thing from the game, it's one of those things I just hate. People hate, uh, you know, those personal fouls. Uh, I do too. Anything that's like roughing the kicker. Mm-hmm. I hate when we kick it out of bounds on a kickoff. Oh. So unnecessary. Yeah, that's and a, did it. you're right. It's like we're up 17 nothing. It's give it to them at the 25. It's a rookie quarterback. What are you trying to do all this like yeah. little trickery? And it, and it didn't go out at like the one. It went out at like the 10. I know. And, it's, and granted, they only got a field goal out of it, but it's still, you know, we can't be giving up Joe Burrow or Patrick Mahomes, you know, or even Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> we can't be giving them the ball on the 40-yard line just yeah. that easily without it, without them giving any effort. Yeah, and again, just like a lot of stuff, a lot of plays that all phases of the team just want to have back. And yeah, and that's one of them. I do want to, you know, besides, you know, I talked about Allen. Diggs was sensational. You know, Knox's touchdown catch was incredible. I thought Shakir had a really good game. You know, that I would like Shakir, and I don't think he's gotten as much PT as I would have liked. McDermott is very conservative again with with rookies. We we're seeing it with Elam. We're seeing it with uh, with James Cook, who's gotten a lot more playing time and touches Uh, as the as the year has gone on, and we've seen his effectiveness get better. I think we're seeing the same thing with Shakir too. Oh, for sure. And yeah, speaking of Cook, uh, like I'm just loving this guy more and more every week. I think in as far as like NFL stat leaders for the year, he missed the minimum of attempts, I think by like six or oh. something. Uh, he, and he, I think he would have led. He had during the regular season, 5.8 yards a carry. Wow. That's a, it's definitely something to, uh, and my gosh, knock on wood. I remember his first carry against the Rams. Was, yeah. Uh, yeah. And we didn't see him for like another five quarters. Yes. And uh, man, he's been like, he's just been flawless like since. I mean, as far as just uh, as much as you could expect from a rookie. 
Well, and I also, again, I'm not sure what was happening. We saw, like I said, the Dolphins dropped a number of balls that were perfectly thrown. You know, we also saw both Shakir and Knox, both guys I was praising. We saw them bobble the ball enough as they catch it, but it sort of hits the ground a little bit. And, you know, the NFL is going to call that pretty much every time. So you just have to keep the <laughs> ball away from the ground, even if it's bobbling, you know, in your oh, yeah. arms. You know, just like securing that. But, you know, I saw, I think it was Bart Scott who at the halftime show was saying, you know, sometimes with a cold ball, you know, you're, mm-hmm. you're just not sure what to do with it, catch it with your hands or sort of cradle yeah. it against your body a little bit more. And so he thought that's what was happening uh, on both sides of the ball. But yeah, th- and there was sloppiness for the Dolphins too. So it was just, oh, a, God, we, it was, oh, we, we caught some as, Many mistakes as we made, we caught a lot of breaks. Yeah, too. So it almost seems like it just balanced, like it erases all of those breaks we got. Exactly. It was just a weird game. Uh, just uh, as a whole, <laughs> yeah. just weird game. It lasted forever. The Dolphins, <laughs> you know, getting the snap off um, late. You know, of course, not getting flagged because they kept saying, "Oh yeah, he called timeout," or "We called timeout." And we're like, "What?" Oh, I know. I was, and I, I was like, "How come yeah. we're not seeing a?" replay of mcdaniel calling timeout before the whistle because i was like i don't think that happened you know oh yeah and it almost felt like did each team get like five timeouts a quarter i know yeah i know because it was just yeah because they were all happening on those kinds of plays but (laughs) yeah i think because i mean it just is so sometimes it just comes down to takeaways giveaways and it's reductive but you know sometimes it's just that they don't win the dolphins don't get anywhere that close if those turnovers don't happen you know one of which was uh, you know really bad play by Allen the fumble but then you know the Beasley one that's not on him also he got interfered since we're on a homer podcast Beasley got <laughs> interfered before the ball got there yeah and then, exactly, yeah um, and then also the play to John Brown. It wasn't a great throw by Allen, or maybe it was, and Al, uh, Brown just misread it. Either way, right. they were they were just not connected on yeah. that. No, I was going to say, I think at first it just seemed like, oh, come on, Josh. But I yeah. think uh, I think Romo was saying he could tell by the way Brown ran the route that it just seemed like where the ball was going. Mm-hmm. You know, it seemed like he was supposed to go to like the outside. There's mm-hmm. something it was like but Alan something threw like, it inside. Yeah. Yeah, and, he did. Yeah. Yeah. And also, okay, so a lo- lot of things that you learn <laughs> learn <laughs> about the NFL rule book. I've been watching football <laughs> since I was like six. So illegal contact is uh like a a defensive back is allowed to sort of jar and, you know, ride the, mm-hmm. the receiver within five yards. If, uh, if it happens after the five yard mark, it is, it's called illegal contact. But mm-hmm. if the quarterback is out of the pocket, yeah, there's no, so illegal contact doesn't matter. But I was like, but then doesn't that just become pass interference? Yeah. Like, there's uh, still there's still like you're not allowed to hit a guy after five yards, you know? Oh, like yeah. and like it's affecting his <laughs> route. And it so 
if I a know, quarterback's like, outside of the pocket, you're allowed to shove a guy? Like I know, yeah. Like so, if like uh, in two weeks, uh, when we are in the AFC Championship, uh-huh. like when uh, when Patrick Mahomes is outside the pocket, I think we we can just like just push Travis Kelsey to the ground, we can just mug him. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, it'll take three. It'll take three of our guys to do it. Yeah. So, so I was like, isn't that pass interference? Like, did you, you heard that call yesterday? Oh yeah. And I was thinking, I was trying to tell myself like, okay, maybe I've heard that, but I just definitely don't know. I, it's like a lot of the penalties and such. I'm kind of like, I'm like, Oh, like why? Like what is, what makes that different from, you know, such and such. I've never heard it. And maybe that's a guiding philosophy that just is known and, just has never been uttered before but i've never actually mm-hmm. heard an official say that out loud on the microphone and i'm like yeah, yeah but then it's pass interference you know um <laughs> yeah it was uh, it was so weird so yeah mark it down and i like googled it afterwards and i was like <laughs> it looks like that's actually true <laughs> yes, exactly. But I'm like, it it gets called as pass interference in other times. So I I was just befuddled by that. Yeah, because you'd almost you'd almost think that like more cornerbacks would be completely aware of that rule and be like, he's outside the pocket, like boom, 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 boom. Yeah, yeah, I know. uh, Yeah, I I guess I didn't get that. And uh, a lot of times when I watch, like I'm just so used to the Bills getting penalties, which is kind of funny. They didn't yesterday. They were really good yesterday with the penalties. Yeah. Kind of phenomenal, uh, and also oh, kind of. We had the other gaffes and. Things. Oh, exactly. I yeah. know. It's just like okay, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be disciplined on that aspect, but then, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, we're just gonna do uh, fum- fumble it three times, get it back three times, which was fortunate. But yeah, it, we were really good on the penalties. I think it was just. Uh, I think there was a pass interference and the and the kickoff. I think those were the only two, at least up until late in the game. It would be good to keep that momentum going, yeah, uh, and you know minimize these mistakes again. Since like we we just can't afford to. I know we can run the table, but there's no way the games are going to get tougher from here on out. We're going to probably uh, at least in the AFC, we probably won't face uh, that much of a tougher defense than we saw yesterday. But the offenses are just any offense we face from here on out is going to be considerably better. I think that Cincinnati defense is really good, actually. Though they've had some injuries, I think they're quite good. And, you know, they shut down Mahomes and the Chiefs last year and pretty much everybody's come back. They have some great players. Yeah, they do. Uh, So I think scoring is going to be a little bit harder. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, we have the ability to outscore any team in the league. So... Um, oh yeah, you know, and so that that's probably why Josh Allen is like, I- I'm going for for the kill every time, you know. Oh, for sure. I mean, because I was noticing with, uh, you know, I watched that game, the majority of that game yesterday, uh, the late night game, the Cincinnati and Baltimore. It definitely watching it, you could definitely tell who the better team was, and yeah. the obviously kind of the Ravens were in the same boat as the uh, Dolphins playing, you know, yeah. perhaps a little more seasoned quarterback than Skylar Thompson, but still depths below Lamar Jackson in as far as talent. But somehow, you know, it's like, it seemed like the defense mainly had their number, but yeah. then again, kind of like the Ravens were just kind of chipping off these uh, like kind of big plays and somehow we're staying in it. I think, uh, I mean, they have some great players. Those two ends, Hendrickson and Hubbard, oh, yeah. they, I, I've liked them since uh, they've come on the scene. It's yeah, just, great. I would, I'd love to have either one of them on uh, our team. Oh, yeah. Uh, and both of those defensive tackles, they're going to be tough, especially against 
our offensive line, which I'm starting to consider a liability. I'm starting to lose my patience with them. What's happening with Rousseau? Is he hurt? Uh, I didn't. I actually not heard that. That would be. um, I didn't. uh, I didn't see him very much yesterday. If if he was playing, oh, I noticed he had a couple of. Oh, okay. Um, No, I did. I saw his number quite a bit. He didn't. He didn't put up some stats. I think he had some decent rushes. I was seeing a lot from Basham. Basham was getting in yeah. there. One person I did not notice at all, but apparently he played because uh, Mr. Thurston was saying, like, oh, he had some nice rushes. It was A.J. Epinesa. I almost thought he was hurt. I did not. I noticed Rousseau quite a bit. He just didn't get any, uh, you know, he didn't get anything really on the stat line. Yeah, I, I, I'm the opposite. I saw plenty of Epinesa, but I didn't see Rousseau oh, wow. at all. Yeah, oh. um, but I, I think Basham was the best of them all in terms of rushing the passer, and it wasn't it wasn't great. And those guys mm-hmm. really need to step it up. Like, like that's that's the area of improvement, especially against a weakened Bengals line. We just if we're gonna win, it's gonna be because those guys. Uh, take it up a next level and you know i saw rousseau earlier this year especially with vaughn on the other side was playing magnificently and then he even played pretty well immediately after vaughn went out but he's has seemed to tail off a little bit um Mm -hmm. at the end of the year like he did last year rousseau and I wonder, last year I was like, oh, he's hitting a rookie wall or something like that. But he's got to, like, we've got to just think something through and maybe it's game plan related to, like, free up Rousseau a little bit or, yeah, unleash hell with Basham, um, you know, because we don't have to worry about Joe Burrow, like, burning us in terms of running. He's an effective runner, but he's not like, you know, Lamar Jackson or... You know, or some of the others. And so we don't have to worry about contain so much. You just need to get in there and force him into a bad pass or get there because, yeah, the ball comes out really quickly, you know? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, it's, uh, you know, obviously in those uh, eight minutes that we saw that Monday night. Yeah. uh, I'm not sure if he threw an incomplete pass. And it was just, he was just like, bam, bam. And so we're going to have to expect uh, a lot of that. And, yeah, Bills are definitely going to have to get in their uh, 2021 playoff mode. Yes. You know, if they want to compete, that uh, that performance yesterday is just not going to cut it. Hopefully, they can get it out of their system. We absolutely know what they're capable of. Yeah, and uh, it's going to be a good one next week, 3 p.m. on Sunday. Uh, and I am getting the uh, two-minute warning from uh, the okay. producers here. Okay. So I'm going to give the next week's trivia question. And uh, Scott, if you know it. Please go on to uh, the Twitter page at Bills or Bust Pod and give your answer. It's a much harder one than uh, last week's. So in the game yesterday, Zach Sealer had the defensive touchdown for Miami, which was the first one in a while. What team and what year was the last defensive touchdown scored against us in the playoffs? And a huge extra credit meaning like double praise, of course, <laughs> to anybody who can name the uh, somewhat big name who did score that. I don't think so, I uh, know. Uh, I know I'm not supposed oh, yeah. to say out loud, but I... I oh, okay. Think, oh, yeah. Uh, once, we, uh, once we wrap uh, here, I can, uh, you know, definitely uh, let you know, give you a couple cracks at it. But, uh, you know, hey, Scott, uh, this was a pleasure, man. This, uh, 
This went by really, really quickly. I knew it would. Uh, <laughs> Unlike you know, yesterday's and, game. Oh, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I know. <laughs> they, yeah, they, uh, yeah, they could use a uh, little lesson of flow from us because that was uh, fantastic. A lot of fun. Uh, I'd love to have you back. And, yeah. And uh, we'll be in touch this week. Uh, enjoy the game. And to Bill's Mafia, thank you once again for joining us. We definitely appreciate it. Please uh, follow our Twitter page at Bill's or Bust Pod. And let's go, Buffalo. Thanks again for listening to Buffalo Bills or Bust. Remember to like and subscribe. Leave a comment. And let's go, Buffalo. Buffalo Bills or Bust has been a Samurai Dinosaur production, copyright 2023.